back here with the podcast Cluster Fudge. I'm here once again with Alex. How are you, Alex? Hello, I'm good, Alan. Good to see you again. Good. You got any, got any new stuff for us today? There's always new stuff going on. It's been a while since our, or been a few months. A lot of, a lot of things been going on. That's all right. You well, know? you know, people have been doing other stuff, listening to other things, but uh, if they're subscribed, they get every new episode as they come. Cool. So we're back on their devices. And uh, what, what do you have for us right now? So it's an exciting time. Um, a lot of now we got, you know, vaccine coming out and things are starting to reopen. We got conventions starting back up. Um, you know, just uh, a couple of weeks ago, you and I went to the uh, Acme Comics in uh, Longwood, um, which is a great place. If anyone's local to the Orlando area, highly, highly recommend. The uh, Acme Superstore. That's right. It's really awesome. It's um. It's yeah, it's got tons of nostalgia. So anything from the 80s and 90s and maybe even later, you can find there uh, for reasonable prices. And it's a huge storefront. It's like basically like a strip mall that's been completely overtaken by one store. Mm -hmm. Um, You would normally see like maybe about four storefronts in a strip mall this size, but it's all one place, the Acme Superstore. And then uh, roughly, I'd say what, maybe a third or a quarter of it is dedicated to an event room. Mm-hmm. which we took advantage of that week for the uh, Transformers and G.I. Joe um, convention, uh, like a mini convention. Yes. So they had sellers there show up with a variety of their collections, and uh, you could get anything from the USS Flag to Optimus Prime, and even, which I purchased, uh, you can even get a, a couple of uh, mask figures. I got me a... a Lime green condor from the 1985 wave of mask from their first wave, which was yes. pretty awesome. And and you've got me on the mask kick because I just <laughs> uh, recently joined some mask collectible group on Facebook and they're posting stuff all the time. So I'm really enjoying the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to look up to see if I can find the old TV show, mm. uh, start watching some episodes of that and, and maybe get some some hands on some toys. I found a couple of my old toys recently but um i mean masks are basically transformers that just don't transform into robots right so and uh, they have the characters that uh, they're almost like you know smaller versions of gi joe figures yeah it's like a combination of both yeah it was a really clever idea like yeah. you still had cool characters you still had transforming vehicles it uh, it really kind of met halfway between gi joe and transformers it's just the show wasn't quite as edgy as the Marvel productions for G.I. Joe and Transformers. Right. And I think that's really where it kind of slipped. Yeah. And we, um, I don't know what it is. I, I just, I got back into it with my son every night. You know, he's going to be almost six and we started watching Transformers again. I wanted to make sure we kind of did the whole series. So we had already watched the first season, part of the second one. So we kind of start where we left off and uh, watch it before bed. But, you know, I want to get him to bed. So I found out there was an option. I think it was on Tubi. You can actually put the speed, you can do double speed or mm. one and a half times. So I'm like, well, you know, obviously he would notice it. So there was a one and a quarter speed increase. Okay. And um, he doesn't notice, he only notices it at the very end in the beginning when they're playing the music. He's like, oh, you know, but like while the show's going on, yeah. he doesn't notice that it's sped up. But to me, I could notice that it's sped up. Mm-hmm. But it's actually really enjoyable Mm. And a little bit sped up, you know, I didn't realize how slow kind of the characters talk Mm. because when it's sped up, they're not really talking fast. They're talking at a decent cadence. Right. And the battles look way better. Interesting. Like they just look like not as slow and like 
curmudgeonly, like a robot, like awkward. Like they're really kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it, I I like it. I like watching I a series like this. I haven't seen that option on Tubi. So is that a recent thing or? Maybe. I haven't been on Tubi in some time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll check that the out. The thing that's, that's annoying with Tubi now is that everything used to be free and great and everything. And now like. So, for example, Transformers, they have two commercial breaks. Right. That first commercial break, they throw like three, four ads in that you can't skip through. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. Right. And and that's kind of annoying. But mm-hmm. then they don't have a second commercial break. So, it's just like the one little little snippet, and that's okay. fine. All right. Um, and they always had commercials to some degree. I think, uh, well, actually, it depended on what device. It, when I had it on my phone, mm-hmm. there weren't commercials. But when uh, I would watch it on, like, a, a Fire Stick or right. something, they had commercials there, which was really weird. But now they have the commercials on Okay. The, I was just used to too. watching it on a, a streaming device like right. Roku. And so I was just already used to that. But, right. like, that kind of, I mean, in, in a way, that was the, the whole point, right? You're reliving a, a show from 30, 40 years ago. They had commercial breaks, so right. now you've got commercial breaks again, and it's a service you're not paying for. So right, so I thought it's it was okay. kind of cool. Yeah, it's fine. It'd be cool if it was ads from 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, very true. You know, like I want to see new Coke and stuff like that. <laughs> I want to see know. an AT and T commercial. <laughs> Here you go. So um, anyway, so Acme was uh, was a good show. Um, you had a friend come with his daughter. I know Jeremy came up. Mm-hmm. Um, had some good stuff. I bought a, a bunch of stuff. Um, I was very excited because you know they're they're selling toys on there, which um, some you could find online, some you can't. But you know, if you buy a lot of them, you can negotiate with them and get a deal. And you're paying basically the same as as what you would have paid for, like had they come out and you missed it. And then you know, it's really been annoying with the Transformer uh releases there's so many different lines between like the netflix packaging which is white which makes no difference then whether it's earthrise or siege or kingdom and they'll they'll reissue like there were two different astro trains but they were basically the same there were Mm -hmm. two different optimus primes they were basically the same Mm -hmm. and they keep so i don't understand what the nature of with the different packaging and the this and that and whatever but you know sometimes then there's things that are target exclusives and walmart exclusives and you know, there's even a series, and I don't even know if it has a name for it, that actually they sell at Walgreens, which is actually a really cool series, and it's it's easy to transform, and it may be for, like, your younger fans or, or people that, you know, you don't want uh, things to break off them because those parts have the ones where they, they, they could be easily breakable, but they reattach because it's just a little, like, plastic pins it put in. Mm-hmm. So those are great for, like, you know, my son who, like, is a little rough with the toys, so if an arm snaps off, I could just put it back on. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, you know, with these conventions, you have all those different toys there in, in one shot and, you know, you see them and so you can go ahead and buy them in the packaging and, you know, it's it's really good. It's it's hard to be go to the stores lately because you used to go to the stores, you know, back in the 80s, you can go to like KB Toys and they had a whole bunch of Transformers that you could buy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's just pleading your mom or dad to buy you the Transformer and now that we have money, we go to the store and it depends on what store you go to. It'd be like, oh, I go to my local Walmart and... It's ones I already have, and then you have to go to a different Walmart, and their shelves are out. It's just annoying. Right. So, um, you know, it's it's a different time to be a collector on it, but, I mean, I'm really looking forward to all these conventions and opening up. There's a lot of toy conventions going on over the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megacon's coming back in uh, August. Right. Um, you know, I believe you and I were at the, at the last Megacon back in 2019 in May. Yeah. 
Um, it was actually, I think, right around this time that we went and we, we saw the Cullen and Walker panel that we referred to at a previous podcast, and they mm-hmm. haven't been back. Um, so MegaCon's coming back in August, and then you know we're making plans to go to DragonCon for Labor Day. Right, yeah. And uh, any news on that? Any update? Nothing concrete. We're p- kind of moving forward because, like, my friends and I, we would we've been going there regularly. Like, my first Dragon Con was in 1999, and oh, wow. back in like 2006 or 2007, it just took off. Um, really became on a lot of people's radar. Uh, I think in part because of the popularity with the Marvel movies, um, and just there was just this explosion of geek culture that happened in the mid aughts, uh, where, you know, just, I don't know, it's between sci-fi channel mm-hmm. shows like Battlestar Galactica yeah, and right. Dr. Who mm-hmm. and just Good so point. many things that, uh, Dragon Con's been appealing to cause it's really an all encompassing event. It's not just fantasy, although it's, it was based in fantasy, but like, it's always had a, a track where they had true science like NASA people showing up there and doing their panels Um, and a variety of other things people that are like ham radio people they they talk about their hobbies and it's an all-around hobby convention Uh, and then so you see some of the best costumes you'll see anywhere at Dragon Con and Atlanta's kind of like a central hub where people can easily fly into Mm -hmm. and it's on a Labor Day weekend so it's convenient for a lot of people um but it's really a unique convention because it's not just in a convention hall. It is in a collection of high-rise hotels in downtown Atlanta that they utilize all of their convention space. So as a result, you have people sleeping at the convention hosts. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, it's almost 24-hour partying. Mm-hmm. You see people in costume if you're walking around at midnight. You see people you know, hanging out at bars or dancing around bars and, and all in costume and just hanging out and being fans. And it's really a unique event that you don't really get at a convention hall, which closes come you know, maybe 8 p.m. And then, and then where does everybody go? Right. right. It's pretty much over until the next morning. Sure. Dragon Con is like, there's always something going on. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you go in the streets of Atlanta outside of the hotels and all the sidewalks is just shoulder to shoulder people. I call it nerdy gras. It's, <laughs> it's totally just like tons of people being fans. And, uh, you know, COVID just had to cancel it last year. Sure. So um, this hopefully, one should be big. hopefully this year. Yeah, there's going to be pent up demand. Um, there's still going to be people uncomfortable with going and mm, I, I sure. don't blame them if they're, if they're a germaphobe, this is not the place for you. Right. Um, but even so with the vaccines and, and stuff preventing hospitalization, I think that this, this is going to be the first of many, uh, well attended dragon cons to come. Yeah. Yeah. It should be exciting. I'm, uh, I'm excited. Uh, we're making plans um, you know, our good friend, Stefan, he was on a previous podcast with us. He's uh, interested to go too, so mm-hmm. that'll be the first one for him and I. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're excited to, to go up there and, and check it out. So, um, it was funny. I was, I was telling you the other day, I was watching, uh, an episode of Family Guy a couple weeks back and, uh, they did like, you know, those, um, I forgot what you call them, like the, the interstitals, like the thing. Oh, remember the time we oh, did the, this? the cut twos. The cut twos, mm-hmm. yeah. So they went to this like cut two and they did this something called the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show. Okay. Apparently I had to look it up. It was some Saturday morning show. It ran for like 
18 episodes. It was garbage. It was and the typically ni- they cut to animated segments within the show. Correct. Or, or stuff that they do themselves, right? Yeah. But this was actually like a live action, and they showed the whole opening mm. with like real people, like uh, starring the, it was like a variety show, starring the mm-hmm. Hudson Brothers, whoever they were, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm watching this, and then one of the people, like, and starring, you know, this, you know, Soupy Sales, or, well, he wasn't in it, but, you know, mm-hmm. o- old school people like that. And, and they were like, and Peter Cullen. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, there's Peter Cullen, like, acting in this horrible show, looking like a clown, like an idiot. Uh, I, I, I don't know. He, he, you know, there were actors, like you said. Yeah. I'm sure him and Welker, before they got their signature stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, we know them as Transformers and other voices that from our childhood in the 80s. But, I mean, they were actors. Like, they, they, they've probably done a lot of stage. They've done a lot of TV and film. And then they were like, well, it's, I can do voices. Sure, I can get work that way. Yeah. And that's how we know them today. Um, but it is funny. Like, you're referring to something that was kind of a lost art. Like, I think in the 70s and early 80s, it hit its peak and then kind of died out. A the variety then, and, show? Well, I mean, was this hosting cartoons or no? No, no, no. It was just straight Oh, it was just a straight, like a Don and, Donnie and Marie type. Yeah. Smothers Brothers. Yeah. So that's totally, yeah. The 70s ruled that like right. the Brady Bunch had their own variety show back right. in the 70s um but i remember what what was remember reminding me in my mind is like in the 70s you had kind of this hybrid of variety show meets cartoon host show mm-hmm. so you would have a live action segment like hr puffin stuff or the skatebirds or like in the early 80s we had a show called the kids superpower hour with Shazam mm-hmm. and it was this this cast of a, a cartoon called hero high where superheroes went to high school it was okay. back in the early 80s before mm-hmm. sky high happened okay many years later right but um these superheroes went to high school and then that was one of their cartoon segments and then another cartoon segment was captain marvel shazam and um the, they had live action versions of these uh, uh hero high characters and like watching it today, you're like, yeah, you don't see that anymore where you just have live action uh, people hosting cartoon versions of themselves that happen later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In other Transformers news, um, I did find out there's not a lot of information on anything, but they're exploding out the content. Okay. Apparently, they want to produce a new animated movie. Um, animated meaning, I don't know if it's going to be CGI or actual cell animation. I don't know, but I know it's going to be in some way animated, not actual live actors and have it take place, you know, on the origins of Optimus and Megatron before the war on Cybertron started. Mm. Um, I mean, that sounds interesting, appealing. And I heard they're making two other movies in production. Um, and one is going to come out next summer. I'm not sure. Um, one may be continuing like the Bayverse series, which we don't like, whatever. And then, uh, hopefully the other one has something tied in tangent to the Bumblebee movie, which was, uh, a better interpretation in my opinion of, Mm -hmm. uh, where the direction the series needs to go. Right. If they're going to do live action. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. Um, and then, uh, Nickelodeon, um, has ordered 26 episodes of a Transformers-related show for kids that's going to be animated as well. Um, I think it's set to debut uh, early part of next year. Mm-hmm. So 
end of 21 and beginning of 22 there's going to be like a ton of transformers content so they're really mm-hmm. hitting the market hard mm-hmm. you know we we had talked about before uh you know they did siege last year uh in the summer and then they had the earthrise show on netflix and then kingdom is supposed to come out i think around july of this year okay and end that 18 episode arc that they're doing um the toys are exploding out everywhere you could see um, one of the purchases I made at that convention we went to was a Dinobot. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not familiar with Dinobot, he is a character that was introduced in the Beast Wars. So obviously he was named after the Autobot group, the subgroup, the Dinobots. Uh, but he's not Grimlock. He's not Swoop or Sludge. Right. He's just his own character named Dinobot. Um, but really the most intriguing character arc of the Beast Wars series that came out in 1997. Um but uh, worth checking out. Yeah, I'm excited. I want to check out. So that's what I was getting in, in with my son with, you know, we're going to watch the original series go all the way to the end. And then um, I'd like to try to give uh, beast wars another shot. Mm-hmm. Um, see if we can get through that series before uh, kingdom comes out, because I know there's going to be a lot of throwbacks and references, right? Like, I think we had talked about that golden disc that, mm-hmm. um, that what was it? Galvatron tries to give to Megatron in that weird time portal thing. Right. It's it's more of an Easter egg. Yeah. For people who have seen Beast Wars, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it has anything to do specifically with the continuity of Beast Wars, but because you're a fan of both Galvatron from Transformers the movie and Beast Wars Golden Disc, you're like, oh, I recognize all this stuff. It's kind of interesting to see them colliding. Yeah, I mean, they had a lot of throwbacks. You know, I, I know on that series, like, they, they showed the Quintesson ship, that little spinny mm-hmm. ship that they have. They referenced Char. Right. Uh, I know there was one part where, uh, I don't know if it was Megatron or, or somebody re- calls, uh, Lita One calls her Ariel, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Yeah. You know, they have a bunch of new toys out. I know, you know, we had saw that ad with... Uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob with Jason mm-hmm. and uh, and Kevin Smith yep. um, reviewing that new ch- uh, Optimus Prime that self transforms and so it has like several hundred motors electric motors yeah. in it that it it's capable of transforming itself but also doing a variety of poses and pre programmed actions and like when it's in idle mode it still kind of s- subtly moves. Mm-hmm. As there's an app on your phone, you control it and stuff. Yeah, yeah like it, it looks alive. It's it's interesting how how much went into that, and that's a very high price ticket item. Um, seven hundred bucks. Seven hundred dollars. About a dollar per motor. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah. So um, an impressive piece of technology. I'll I'll leave it to it someone breaks. else. Yeah, exactly. How long do how long does a typical you know tiny motor work and uh my experience has been you know no more than 10 years i would open up a shop if i knew what i was doing and just be a that toy service shop for that for toy. For, for get the little motors and everything yeah because mm-hmm. people are going to want to fix that as soon as that breaks right you'll play with it for a month and there'll be some servo and then his arm is cocked in a weird position and you're done mm-hmm. maybe that person can repair all the teddy ruxpins out there too yeah <laughs> I recently saw uh, Kong versus Godzilla. Okay, I've heard um, good things. It's it's fine. It's it's not anything groundbreaking. It, it you get what you get. You mm-hmm. know, it, you want to see two giant monsters fighting each other. This is what that movie is. Now, outside of that, you've got some characters, uh, human characters, 
you know, very unremarkable scenes, very unremarkable characters. Yeah. Ludicrous like, plot, I'm sure, yeah, to tie it all together. It's, I mean, like, there's some visual cool stuff here and there. There's a part where they go to basically the center of the Earth where there's a hollow area. And it's kind of cool. They kind of play with the fact that there's gravity on both sides. So you have a ceiling and a floor, mm-hmm. and each of them have gravity. So oh, I see. they kind of jump back and forth there. It's a clever concept. But I thought gravity pulls you toward the center. Well, <laughs> the, the gravity's going to pull, pull you towards mass, right? Right. Oh, so, so they're moving So there's, away, ma- there's equal mass on both sides of the, quote, center. So, right. yeah. Okay. All right. I mean... I, I've heard good things. Uh, you know, I guess it's turn your brain off and enjoy mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Total popcorn flick. Like, just so. But it's good, long, yeah. so, like, you might want to see it in multiple sittings. Um, oh, it is long. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Is it like over two hours? Is it? Wow. I okay. think so. Like, I, I saw it in multiple sittings. And there were a lot of distractions for me. Like, I was I found myself being pulled away from it. Maybe because, in part, it wasn't that compelling. And, in part, I was watching it at home. Like, right. you had the option for this. If you had HBO Max or HBO subscription, you can see it at home versus going out to a theater. Right. But it's also out in theaters, too. So if you want to be free of distractions, you can go out and, you know, brave the elements and, and go watch it uh, in the theater, too. So it might have been a better experience in the theater. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I, it's, you know, it's tough with the theaters now. It's so mm-hmm. easy to watch it at home and more convenient. Right. Um. I saw the Mortal Kombat movie. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to give my recommendation on it. Um, you know, I enjoyed the ones in the 90s. I know they were panned, mm-hmm. um, but I enjoyed them. You know, I mean, we're not watching these movies for a plot. It's based on right. a video game. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the action sequences were cool. And then when it got to this movie, I'm like, well, there, there were some okay action sequences. But the characters, I felt, were just even way too over the top. Mm. It just made no sense how they kept switching sides and alliances. And, you know, they made it gory. And not mm. that I had a problem with that because the game was gory and that was the point. Right. Um. So I, I, was, I was really okay with that. What I didn't care for, I thought was silly, was like there was all this unnecessary swearing. Mm. And I'm not a person that it bothers me like John McClane can swear all the time and it's funny. Sure. But in this movie, it just felt like out of character and it was just like, well, you know, the movie's rated R. So why don't we just throw in as many F bombs as we can? Hmm. You know, I'm surprised they didn't just have glorified nudity for no reason, which right. there wasn't any of that in there. Hmm. But it's just like, if we're going to rate the movie R, we might as well just do whatever we want to do. Okay. Uh, they introduced some sort of new character who was never in the games. who was like a main character. And it was supposed to be, like, Scorpion's son. And I don't know if they were, like, setting that up for a sequel. But I'm like, you know what? Just make me a two-hour or a hundred-minute movie that's a complete story. And if you make a sequel, then great. And go in a different direction. But don't don't write a movie that's anticipating a sequel. Because if you bomb, yeah. then you're just left with this nonsense. No, totally. So that's what I felt like they were doing. They were mm-hmm. like, we're just making this part one of a greater chapter. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, it was so funny because, like, I'm just looking at your, your Star Wars poster here. So you you take, like, A New Hope. Right. And obviously A New Hope, I mean, in, in Lucas's head, obviously he had a bigger story in mind. But, I mean, that's a complete story from beginning to end. Right. We knew stuff happened before. We assume stuff happens after. Mm-hmm. We know the Empire wasn't defeated. We just have the Death Star exploded. Mm-hmm. You see Darth Vader leave so you know there's like a tease Mm -hmm. but you know it was a complete story and then you know later on then it's oh it's episode four and then we fill in you know the stuff around it Mm -hmm. obviously so 
if they could just make the movies like that, not anticipating a sequel, no, but I agree. making it standalone, it would be a lot better. Yeah, like the the survival of Darth Vader is the only loose thread in all of A New Hope. Like, right. That 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 there would be a, a sequel was definitely not assumed by anyone. It was just it was super popular, and Lucas was like, "Oh, it's super popular. Now I'm I'm going to get the funding to to make a sequel." Right. You know. Oh. But even if you see it, like if you see it not knowing anything of the other movies, you're just like, oh, well, Darth Vader's alive all by himself because kind of the, I mean, you knew there was a superstar destroyer, but you kind of just assume like the entire empire, at least I did, was, was in, in the Death Star. Like that was their main base hub of operations. There wasn't like, they didn't reference the emperor. Um, well, they did. The emperor is mentioned. Oh, did in, they? Yeah. He, he's um, one of these senior generals. He says, how will the Emperor maintain control without the oh, bureaucracy? Oh, he does, he does, okay. Um, but it, it was always like a throwaway line, like he did mention it, like, you know, I mean... in So in, in Lucas's novelization of the movie, um, there's there's actually the mention of Palpatine's name. Okay. Which was never uttered in the original trilogy. Right. Or in the credits, by the way. Or in the toy. It was just called The Emperor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the original 1976 publication, it says Senator Palpatine rose through power. Okay. Um, and what Lucas's original view of the emperor was, he was irrelevant. It was it was a military run organization, so he was more of a, a figurehead. Okay. And all the people that were in the military were truly the ones running the empire. So that's one of the reasons why you don't see an emperor; you just see the people who run the military because mm-hmm. they're the ones pulling all the strings. Okay. Um. So, and then as you later on, okay, so what do I do with Vader? Okay, well, let's introduce the Emperor. And again, he's limited in his reveal in Empire Strikes Back. He's just a little hologram. Mm -hmm. Who is this guy? Well, let's make him the master of Darth Vader. And he's going to answer. He clearly outranks him because he's the Emperor. But his idea of him being a, quote, Sith Lord was not realized until Empire Strikes Back. And he didn't even have that idea until Empire Strikes Back. He started writing it. Sure, sure, sure. But he originally did. He just thought of the emperor as a politician who his own empire got out of hand and mm-hmm. was taken over by the military. I did see uh, it was popular out now this movie. Nobody. Um, it stars the guy from uh, uh, Better Call Saul. So this is Bob Odenkirk. Oh. Uh, yeah, who is also in a, a bunch of stuff, a co- ton of comedy. Um, he was in Mr. Show with Bob and David. He was in the Ben Stiller show in the early 1990s. He was a writer on Conan O'Brien and Saturday Night Live. Um, he's he's really done and, a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I just recently saw and I couldn't believe it was him. Mm-hmm. He was in an episode of Seinfeld where he plays Elaine's boyfriend and uh, he's a doctor trying to be a doctor, but he's not a doctor yet. And he's trying to pass the medical boards, and he has glasses, and okay. he looks young. And I, I didn't even realize it was him until I saw the credits, and I just thought that was really funny because Tim Watley, who plays the dentist character, mm-hmm. is uh, uh, Walter White. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? Um, uh, Cranston. Brian, Brian Cranston. Cranston, right. Mm-hmm. Brian Cranston. Uh, so they were both in the show. On the same episode? No, it was different episodes, okay. but I just thought it was funny that they were both in the show, and then they... Bob Odenkirk uh, did a stand-up act... And 
uh, he was on the MTV Half Hour Comedy Hour and probably some other appearances. But I thought I said he had a Comedy Central special at one point too. Maybe he might have. Yeah, a long time ago. But um, one of his go-to's was he would do his whole stand-up act dressed up as Abraham Lincoln. Okay. And so there was a there were a couple bits he did, but one of them was like, "Here's a poem I wrote," and then he writes reads this poem, and it's just like. Uh, a children's poem that you would like chant when you're doing double Dutch jump rope right. sort of thing. So he reads it and he goes, Lincoln, Lincoln, I've been thinking, what is it that you've been drinking? Is it water? Is it wine? Oh my God, it's turpentine. Uh-oh. And then he folds it up and he goes, scary poem. <laughs> HBO Max. Um, has a Gremlins prequel show that they're working on. Um, uh-huh. An animated series. It's called Secrets of the Mogwai. Okay. And it's going to take place in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be how, I don't remember the names, Mr. Ling or Singh or something like that, the, mm-hmm. the old guy from the first movie. Okay. It's him as a kid meeting the Gremlins and kind of establishing some sort of origin story. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. It sounds kind of neat. Sounds kind of compelling. Um, I don't. It's animated, but I don't know if that means it's really for kids. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out. I mean, if it's on HBO Max, I maybe not. I don't know. Hmm. Um, coming on HBO Max. I guess everything's coming on HBO Max. Um, they are trying to reboot uh, or continue. The Batman animated series. Oh, I did hear rumors of this for a yes. while. Yeah. So that apparently is, is confirmed? ramping up. Excellent. Um, I mean, apparently it was it was some sort of rumor, but it seems to be confirmed. Not that this guy's an authority on anything, but Kevin Smith. Okay. Um. So you know, I don't. Th- I think he would be in the know if he's mm-hmm. reporting that. Right. Um. You know, obviously they don't have any word if uh, Conroy or Hamill, but I mean, you can't do it without them. I mean, it's just for especially sure, Conroy. especially uh, Conroy, and Conroy yeah. would be all about it. For oh, absolutely, sure. absolutely. Um. This is kind of his his dream come true. I, I would assume. Right. As long as his voice is still. Uh, I mean, it is. I mean, yeah. he, he does convention appearances, and he'll. He always falls back on this one line from the Scarecrow episode of Batman the Animated Series where he says, I am Vengeance, I am the Knight, mm-hmm. I am Batman. He loves doing it mm-hmm. in every appearance. I haven't seen a panel once that he hasn't gone into mm-hmm. that and does the voice and everything. Um, but no, he is he is a proud uh, carrier of the cowl. He loves being Batman. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I was reading this article and it was actually quite interesting and I... You know, I, I guess I agree, even though I haven't seen a lot of the content to argue on both sides, but I can understand what they're saying, is they're talking about how the DC animated universe is basically as true to what fans want to see as, like, the Marvel live-action universe was with the Marvel movies. Yeah. So, you know, it's too bad that the DC live-action movies haven't lived up to the potential that everybody had hoped for. Right. But I know the animated universe. I mean, I was a big fan of Justice League. That mm-hmm. show was awesome. Yep. I, I watched some of the Superman show, which was great. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, Batman animated series was awesome. Yep. And they just there's some more content out there, too, that I've seen here and there, and it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I was never into the comics, so I right. just my, my exposure was just that. But I love all that DC animated stuff. It was great continuity, and they did stuff that wasn't even... You know, from the comic books, they just kind of yeah, did, they just expanded did out. their own mm-hmm. stuff and did their own natural and a lot of stuff was inspired by comic books, but they had this natural evolution um, where I mean, characters that were totally 
aligned with heroes switched allegiances because they were humans and they were scared out of their minds because of experiences from previous episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a storyline in the Justice League where you had like a scientist from Star Labs was deathly afraid of Superman because of events that happened in the Superman series where Darkseid had taken over Superman's mind mm. and they were taking over the Earth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is a brilliant take because you had a character that was written just to be the, the beneficial friend, benefactor of Superman, and now you're like making him a villain for a very logical reason. I thought it was very clever. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great. You know, I've only seen a couple episodes here and there of all these different shows, but I'm trying to get into it more of... Uh, all the stuff they're doing on the CW. I mean, people can pay on the CW, but, you know, Arrow went like nine seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, Flash is in like around its eighth or ninth season. Yep. Very, very popular, still strong. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they had all the spinoff show. I've seen a couple episodes of Supergirl, which mm-hmm. I really liked. Um, I know they have other shows of Black Lightning and Batwoman. I haven't gotten into those, but um, I did start watching Superman and Lois, which premiered earlier this year, which yes. I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And Superman and Lois is very much a next generation Smallville show it's because it's very similar uh formula yeah like you have now you have two kids that have kryptonian lineage but they're coming into their own realizing oh i come from crypt you know my lineage comes from krypton Mm -hmm. i have have you started watching it okay i saw the first episode and i think i'm partway through the second episode um but like one of them's discovered he has powers and so he's like, what does this mean? And very similar to Clark Kent in the first episode of Smallville. Mm-hmm. Like he had no idea what the deal was. And his father, Jonathan, had to dust off the old right. ship and explain to him where he came from. Mm-hmm. So they all have similar themes. So basically, long story short, if you like Smallville, you will likely like um, uh, Lois and well, not Lois and Clark. What is this called? Superman and Superman Lois. Superman and Lois. And uh, it's on the CW app. So that's free. Or you can watch it on tv or cable but if you don't have that you can watch it on hbo max free of commercials they have every episode oh really available on hbo max oh okay yeah. i didn't know they had a partnership with cw or how that well works. it's, or it's warner, like brothers. So oh, warner brothers dc so warner brothers time warner owns dc comics it mm-hmm. owns it partially owns the cw mm-hmm. um that's where you get the w from and um so yeah they they have it all okay mm-hmm. In the Star Wars universe, all sorts of stuff going on there. The Obi Wan yeah. Kenobi uh, show started filming in April. There's been like screen caps of uh, Ewan McGregor mm-hmm. in character, which is great. Really, my favorite character from the prequels was his Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed him. I thought it was a good casting job. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes he would be like a little stiff, uh, you know, with, with the throwaway lines, like when he would use a blaster and what, what did he? What was his stupid line? Was a uh, you know, like when he shot General Grievous, he was like uh, so clumsy or whatever. Oh well, he, yeah, it's he was, a callback to the callback to less the clumsy or random than right. A, you a, know, conventional blaster. But yeah, he was he was a great character. Um, you know, I liked how the second movie kind of uh, showcased him on on its own. I thought it was a good direction. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have Anakin fall in love with Padme over here. Blah blah blah, boring, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he was on like this 
murder mystery kind of tour to Camino right. and all this. I thought that was like a really cool different angle. Mm-hmm. And he's fighting against Django Fett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean that, like I told you before, like episode two, like really made me really dig the series, like mm-hmm. really get into it. Hmm. Um, probably because of the character and just like the whole thing about like, Oh, there's an assassin and who's this and what's going on. It's a mystery. And mm-hmm. then it all comes together with the clones and I'm like, right. yeah, this is and he cool. has a confrontation with Dooku. Yeah. And the confrontation with Dooku. Yeah. And then, you know, all of a sudden, then you see Yoda with the lightsaber. Like he throws away the cane. He's got a lightsaber, and you're like mm-hmm. what? It was great. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm very so. excited to see just to have a series dedicated to Kenobi and expand upon that character. And obviously, McGregor is a fantastic actor, so it's got a lot of potential here. Yeah, I mean, I, I it, it, it's tough because I mean, you know, he's supposed to be a recluse. He's supposed to be not anybody know that he's. You know, he's in hiding. So how much are you going to do? Because, you know, he's supposed to be Darth Vader's not supposed to know about him. But yet Darth Vader's going to be in the show somehow. Mm. So I don't know what they're going to do about that. You know, it would have been cool to even do like even a broader show about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, let's take him back to his Padawan days, like younger Padawan. Mm. You know, even cast someone different than Liam Neeson or maybe have Liam Neeson guest appear in an episode or two. Mm-hmm. You know, and then maybe some things that happen in between, like episodes two and three that you, you hadn't seen before. Right. And, you know, I well, don't know. We'll see. But that's the thing. It's a series, right? So, so many episodes be flashbacks, have, yeah. There could be flashbacks or just even if it's a non-flashback, but it's some sort of a story he tells verbally. That involves something from his past. It's like you're you're developing this character that mm-hmm. I feel was like severely underdeveloped. Uh, I, I think will will be interesting to see. Yes, so very excited about that, and uh, I'm also excited for the Cassian Andor show. Um, that's going to be five years before Rogue One comes out, and I guess talk about how you know he gets involved with the rebellion and being a spy and all the other stuff. And you know, I I found Cassian Andor to be a very interesting character that could be really expanded upon. So. I was a big fan of his character in Rogue One, mm-hmm. and I thought that there was just a story to tell because he was he was conflicted, and he wasn't like a full-on good guy. He was mm-hmm. bad. You know, he had to kill people. He had to do things he didn't want to do in order to survive and for the cause. Yeah. And I feel like that's a, you know, every good character can't be just 100% fully good. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when you have some conflict in there, it just makes it more interesting and relatable of a story and so i i I really like to see how that develops so Mm -hmm. those are both set to release next year right and uh you know in the i mean god like i said if you're if you're geek all this stuff transformers gremlins star wars we got star trek shows coming out we got well also this week they released um a new uh series for star wars it was a sequel to clone wars oh did they they called the the bad batch Oh, I didn't hear Which about that. Which was introduced, uh, these characters were introduced in the last few episodes of the last season of Clone Wars, which was released a year ago on mm-hmm. Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And so the Bad Batch are kind of this group of clones that have differentiated themselves so much from clones, they're almost indistinguishable from the typical clone. Like, they look very different. Is it good? Um, it's interesting. I'm halfway through the first episode, which, by the way, the first episode is a full hour long. It's um, animated. And it's animated. Same uh, CGI style of uh, animation as Clone Wars. Okay. And um, But like, if you liked Clone Wars and if you liked Star Wars Rebels, this is an attempt to bridge that gap oh, okay. with this new group of clones. But uh, So anyway, the um, these clones have kind of removed themselves from the clone programming 
So they're immune to the Order 66. Okay. So they do not betray the Jedi. And in fact, I think they take in a Jedi Padawan. So they, um, they're, they're kind of his protector at the point that I'm in, in the story. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. It's good how they develop that instead of just randomly, like in, in a force awakens, they just, Oh, we got stormtroopers again. Mm -hmm. Great. And here's a guy who doesn't want to be a stormtrooper and, there was no origin story about how he was recruited or how, yeah. What, yeah. yeah. There's a lot it of just, undeveloped character work. In, I, that's the that's the problem when you have so many characters you introduce in a series that you just don't develop anyone. And right. it, you're just kind of like left with, what? why are we leaving so many questions unanswered? And I think they're overlooking some of the storytelling techniques that Lucas had in as early as the original Star Wars movie. In A New Hope, Luke and Obi-Wan are having a conversation. There's so much established about the Empire in that conversation. Like, you hear that there's a history of these Jedi. They happened before the Empire, then the Empire came, all but wiped them out. It was Vader's fault. Vader betrayed and murdered Luke's father. All this stuff is like this backstory that you don't get in Force Awakens. Like, there's no one who has a conversation heart-to-heart about, oh, and then after the Empire fell from the Battle of uh, Endor... Then this happened. Then the new order came along. None of that. Mm-mm. But meanwhile, these characters would have to know where this happened. Yeah. The viewer doesn't. Why is there no conversation between two characters? It's just mind boggling. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The characters I thought were just complete trash in in the in the prequel trilogies or the the sequel trilogies. I mean, mm-hmm. the original characters were just so much more just better mm-hmm. you know and then obviously they were more, disrespected more backstory told about them in the prequels but then even lucas i thought added great characters then you learn more about palpatine mm-hmm. uh, mace windu was a fantastic character you learn more about yoda mm-hmm. um we've always talked about you know dooku should have had more screen time than he did um i mean but outside of that like i i, I liked windu i liked the expansion of course jar jar was garbage but mm-hmm. you know you're gonna have misses with the hits bunch of Star Trek stuff coming out, too. Uh, that Strange New World show uh, is filming. Um, that's the one that's going to be... I mean, they're all having it around the same time. It's going to be the same time as Discovery that, like, 10 years before um, the original Star Trek series. But it's going to be on the Enterprise with Captain Pike and Spock mm-hmm. and Number One. Mm-hmm. Um, so that should be interesting. Uh, they're filming Discovery Season 4. They're filming Picard Season 2. Mm-hmm. They're all going to be released later this year, or early next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's supposed to be a bunch of Easter eggs in Picard season two. Like we don't know who's going to be in it or not. Like they're teasing Worf. Um, I just saw that it was confirmed that Jordy is not going to be in it. Oh, that's too bad. Um, you know, but you know, I'm sure they'll try to find out. I know we know Guinan is supposed to be in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe Riker and Troy will make another appearance. So we'll see about that. Um, Cobra Kai just wraps wraps season four, and they're trying mm-hmm. to push that out by the end of this year. Wow, so that's nice. exciting! Yeah, yeah. Those of you out there who are on the fence about getting vaccinated, and you're also on the fence about being in crowds, you gotta <laughs> make your decision because you can't hide forever. You gotta crawl out of the basement. Gotta come out of the cave, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. you gotta make a choice. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's healthy for people to just hide from this virus forever. We have a variety of ways to get around it. Whether you believe in your immune system or you believe in the vaccine, choose something. 
mm-hmm. but don't hide for the rest of your life. There, there is life after 2020. There is, and uh, there's a lot of fun stuff. Things are opening back up, and there's there's a lot to look forward to. So, mm-hmm. absolutely, well said. Mm-hmm. All right, well, um, thanks for listening, and uh, we've got older episodes, so please listen to those. And uh, this will not be our final episode, so. Our next episode will be coming up before you know it. But until then, we'll catch you later.